0: hello this is siri and you're listening to my favorite podcast not real art i live for this shit because it's totally lit welcome to not real art siri's favorite art and culture podcast with your host man one and yours truly sourdough how you doing man one yo doing well Doing good, bro. What's good? Uh, Everything's good. Nice answer. Everything's good. That's the way you got to be these days. But the truth is, it's not. The truth isn't the truth. The truth isn't the truth. You know, I saw something the other day that got me thinking about this. You know, this this saying, this phrase, it's all all good. It's all good. It's It's all good. No, it's not. It's not all good. It's all good in the hood. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I've had the chance to very fortunate, lucky opportunity to travel in what we'll call, you know, the third world. Yeah. You know, impoverished places. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of Haiti in particular. Yeah. People that are supposed to be miserable and sad. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of sadness and misery in Haiti.
1: Yeah.
0: But the thing that took away from Haiti uh, is just how happy and positive The Haitians I met were, right, and yet here we are, you know, in America with all the comforts that come with living in an advanced economy, so on and so forth, and we're pissed off and on meds and, you know, everything else. More money, more problems. Yeah, I guess. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. Have you ever seen the Spike Lee movie, Mo Better Blues, with the Denzel Washington?
1: Yeah, I think I turned it off halfway through. Oh, really? like, I couldn't, it was too slow. It yeah, was it was slow. fucking. It was, it was yeah. just like, just get to the fucking point already. <laughs> like, what's going to happen here? I don't remember <laughs> it, but I remember. Well, Spike it.
0: has a new movie out. I haven't the seen Black it. The Black Klansman? Yeah, know, I, I want to
1: see it. I'm generally a Spike Lee fan. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time is Do the Right Thing. Of course. But I want to see it, but I've heard mixed reviews. And like a, on the opposite spectrum, like this is an awesome movie. you got to see it all the way to another friend said, I walked out of the movie. It sucked. Right. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I'll check it out. Sounds I see like a it. good Netflix uh, movie. Yeah, right. It sounds like, yeah. There's not a lot of things that I'm willing to go to the theater for nowadays.
0: My whole thing about going to the theater is that if, you know, I only go to the theater based on the number of explosions and the high right. body, yeah. the higher the body count, yeah. the, the more, the more I'll go. It's gotta be, you right. know,
1: crazy. It's gotta be over the top. Uh, like, yeah, I agree. Lots of special effects. Yeah. If, if there's special effects and explosions and all that shit, it's gotta be on the big screen. Big screen.
0: Loud. So I have a confession. Oh, I have news. All right. Let's hear it. You am sitting down for this. Yep. <laughs> what is it? I'm going to Burning Man. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to be a burner? Well, I'm going to be at Burning Man. going to be Does at Burning Man. Does that make me a burner? What is a burner? Oh, is that what they call them? People go to the Burning Man? They're burners? Well, yeah. I just don't really know what that means. Is it just that simple? It's like, oh, you, you go to Burning Man, therefore you are a burner? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I leave tomorrow. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: I don't know what to think of you now. I don't know what to think about you now. That's all these years I thought you were cool.
0: <laughs> so what is your, okay, so I bring this up very specifically. <laughs> what is your perception of Burning Man? Now, your man one, as, yeah. as an artist, yeah. as man one, you know, <laughs> yeah. quite frankly, quite yeah. candidly, what is your perception of man, I mean, of <laughs> Burning Man? White privilege exactly right okay yeah yeah (laughs) exactly that's why i'm asking and i'm curious you know i mean when i think of burning man it's like the
1: first thing i think of is it's a bunch of white people who are super safe in their environments and they need to go somewhere crazy to (laughs) let it all out and fucking just you know just go explore and be crazy and then come back to the reality of living a fun sheltered
0: you know life right that's how i I perceive it, <laughs> right, right. How do you perceive the art that is there that you're aware of? I've never been there. I don't know you know I mean? yeah, I've seen photos, well, but I've like, never I, been there and no. and I don't know,
1: but it's um, I don't know what the art is like, except that I kind of think about it like you know, like the hippies, mm-hmm. right, so like, do you like hippie art? Well, if you're a hippie, you probably like it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but am I into hippie art? Mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not wearing that type of clothing or looking at that type of stuff. What is a hippie anyway? Well, no, I mean, back in the 70s, white privilege. White privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's how I view it. So, I don't yeah. know what the art is except that I probably don't like it or I'm probably not into it. What I have seen are things that are created there, you know, these fucking vehicles and mm-hmm. and, and statues mm-hmm. or or. Whatever these things mm-hmm. they build, and it always seems to be like a super expensive hobby for somebody. <laughs> like, you know, some of the shit they create, like, costs a lot of fucking money to create some of the stupid shit mm-hmm. in these vehicles. And it's like, A, I don't have time for that. B, I don't have money for that. So, so yeah, so I'm sorry that you're going to Burning Man, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, so part of the reason why I wanted to confess. And bring this up is because I thought it would be interesting to do a BB show and an AB show. Yeah. So before Burning Man <laughs> and after Burning Man show. Right? right. Right. So let's talk about Burning Man before I go. Right. right. And we'll talk about Burning Man after I well, come back. Well, you'll talk about it. I, well, I'm I, just I, saying. I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> because I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Right. And all candor. Right. Yeah, yeah. So because this gets to part of the reason why I'm sourdough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you recall, right? Um they call me sourdough. Yeah. Because um I lived in a remote wilderness area for an extended period of time. I can handle myself, right, uh in the bush, as they say. Yeah. So they call me sourdough. And the point though is that I get why people like to go in the middle of nowhere. Mhm. Right? I get that. Yeah. Okay. I love going to the middle of nowhere, too. Should sure. I lived in... I had a cabin there. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Right. Right. The difference, though, is that, you know, I don't want to be with 50,000 people. Right. I want to in be alone. I want to... If I'm spending this much time and energy and money <laughs> yeah. to go to the middle of nowhere... Yeah. I don't want to see anybody. Yeah. Right? And I'm going, and there'll be fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 other people there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I want to put that out there because... While I get, I think I get why Burning Man is why people like to go in the middle of nowhere and and do yeah. this. Okay, just at a base level. But my particular journey or, or experience around Burning Man is also obviously very personal because right. in back in the day, in the early mid '90s in Chicago, um, I happened to meet and hang out. Uh, he stayed at my apartment. Uh, one of the early, like, founders of Burning Man. Like, I mean, he was, like, one of the first people to go, mm-hmm. right? And Burning Man's been... I mean, literally, Burning Man started, as I understand. I forget the guy's name, but artist. And he constructed this man on the beach in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it ritualistically set it on fire and watched it burn. And it was just... For himself, for some reason. And I don't think he ever really explained why he did it or what it was, but it was all about him and it was a personal thing. Mm -hmm. And he went back and he did it a year later. Yeah. And people started coming to watch and it became a party. And eventually it grew so big that he and they started doing this thing like out in the desert or whatever. Yeah. And so the guy that told me about it, this, you know, this guy I met. Who's dead now, by the way, drug drug overdose. You know, this guy was definitely an artist, you know, definitely privileged and white. Mm -hmm. He had made money in some tech venture or whatever and was now, you know, him living this lifestyle. Yeah. And while the guy was clearly intelligent, interesting, he was also a fucking weirdo and, and rubbed me the wrong way. And it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah about burning man i'm like well if this guy's going to burning man yeah i don't want to go to burning man right right i don't need to go to burning man because i got my fucking cabin and if i'm going middle of nowhere i'm going by myself right or with just a very few people that i want to yeah. be with right and so um and that was probably 95 right okay and so on one hand i understood why people maybe wanted to go but i also felt like well if this is the kind of people that go like i don't give a shit you know, Mm -hmm. and then, but I got invited to go. He invited me to go and I just never had an interest in going. I just didn't, you know, some people have this burning desire to go to Burning Man. I just have never had that desire and in fact, back then, you were still in Chicago? Yeah, I was in Chicago. Okay. Graduated college in 94. Right. And don't get me wrong, like there's a part of me that is very much a fucking hippie, you know what I mean? In my deep, deep down, you know, I mean, that artist hippie side, you know, I mean, i I went to several Grateful Dead shows in my day. I have a few tie-dyes in my, you know, <laughs> closet. I mean, I went through my, as white people do, I went through my hippie phase. Um, in <laughs> fact, my high school thespian group, we did hair, the musical hair in, in high school. Like, you can't get, you know, much more white privilege than that, right? right. Anyway, so over the years, many friends of mine have gone to Burning Man and have, you know, so I've just been invited many, many times. I just have never gone and just never really had a desire to go. So where exactly is Burning Man? I just Burning know the Man desert, is, but where? Burning Man is held, they call it on the playa. It's held, it's an ancient, it's the bed of an ancient uh, lake. What state is it in? Well, it's in... um in Nevada? Or well, you fly to Reno typically and you drive out from there. Yeah, I want to say it's Nevada. Nevada, New Mexico, something. Yeah, I honestly don't fucking know right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's part of the reason why, you know, like, clearly I don't give a shit because I don't even really know where I'm going. Right. So, a buddy of mine. By the way, to, it's in the playa. It's in the playa. No, it's the playa. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, by the way, is a
1: Spanish word for beach.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah. it's not yeah. really in the fucking playa. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like there's like no the White water. people called it the There's playa. usually water at the beach. There's, there's usually the water at the water. beach, but there's no. no beach. Okay, but go on. So... And, you know, some of my friends that have gone over, I love, I me; mean, these are some of my best friends that I've known, you sure. know, and uh, one, of, one of my first black friends from the south side of Chicago who now lives in San Francisco, he's gone countless times. In fact, I'm going to see him there. Right. We were Facebooking. He's going to be there again. He works for Dolby. Okay. Ellis Reed, LT, Chip, we call him. And so, right. So, okay. You know, whatever. I'm not going. I don't care. Whatever. And then my buddy, Paul Anthony from Portland, who you know as well, he started going 10 years ago, I guess, and has gotten way into it. Like he's like a total burner, whatever that means. Like he is a true believer in the, yeah, in the burning man experience. And in fact, he has in typical Paul fashion has built out this camp called Camp Corny that is crazy. There's like 40 or 50 people staying in this camp. The operating budget for the camp is like $50,000 that everybody pays (laughs) into to offset. There's this huge, there's like, he's got four or five 40-foot container trucks hauling in all this stuff. He's got DJ booth, dance floor structures, RVs that, you know, go around the perimeter. There's this, you know, there are these arches that breathe fire, you know, that go into the entrance of the camp. Like, it's just insane, Right. Well, he's been begging me to go begging me, asking me to go for the better part of the last seven, eight years, you know? And in fact, I bought tickets to go, uh, I guess it was two years ago, and I had tickets in my hand. They're they're such a pain in the ass to get these fucking tickets. Mm-hmm. But I had them, and I was going. And part of the reason I was going, <laughs> part of the reason I was going is to shut Paul up because I was right. just like tired just of like, him saying, like him, yeah. you know. But then I had a dear friend pass away. You know, just right. days before the Burning Man, so I didn't go. I sold my tickets and I didn't mm. go for you know for good reason. And so this year, I have decided to go do this and see what the see what the uh, the mayhem is all about. I, I'm trying to you know, in all candor, I'm trying to remain open. And there's part of me that wants to go just as a fly on the wall to kind of observe, you know, and kind yeah. of watch the mayhem. You right. know, there's part of me that wants to go and actually have fun and enjoy it and dig it and like it and be glad I went, you know, sure. it, it'd be suck to be go and, re- you know, yeah. hate that you went or regret going. And so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how you feel after, the experience, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm going into it with all of this kind of weird history around it. Sure. I still am kind of ambivalent or indifferent about going. I'm, I'm actually excited to go and, and hang with Paul. I haven't seen Paul in a right. while and right. we're going to catch up and have fun and, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, as somebody who has, you know, traveled to the middle of nowhere and have lived in the middle of nowhere, I appreciate the logistics and the complexity and the difficulty of – of traveling to nowhere and surviving and being comfortable and, you know, Mm -hmm. let, and that's just me and my buddies or whatever. And let alone 50, 60,000 people that come and build this city out of nothing. And then, uh, you know, and then take it away. So, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, the, the logistics of that, right. Are pretty, pretty impressive, but I'm going to fly tomorrow from LAX to Portland. Mm-hmm. I am going to Paul's house where I will take his vehicle, go to Walmart, buy a bike, come back, load up all my stuff because he's got his RV, several other trucks, and there's a caravan driving, leaving Thursday morning yeah. from Portland, driving to the playa, the right. beach, not, where we will start setting up this camp. Right. And the whole experience is like a seven or eight day thing, like the burning man, the, yeah. the, the sort of, in, it's sort of the last day or the last night or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be there for that whole time. I'm actually arriving early, mm-hmm. coming in and helping set this thing up. Yeah. Then I'll be there, I guess, uh, like, you know, maybe I think things start rolling Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I actually fly out on Wednesday. Right. My daughter's birthday is on the 30th. I fly out on the 29th. I'll be home the night of the 29th. Yeah. So, I'm actually only going for, you know, like three days or so of the actual right. festival. So, but it's just been interesting as well to observe people's perceptions around what Burning Man is, you know, even among my other white friends. Right. right? Like, there are some that literally just roll their eyes <laughs> and go, oh, Burning Man, Ooh. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And maybe that that eye roll is rooted in the fact that people don't like camping. It's dirty. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's a pain in the ass. You know, so those people are those people are just going to roll their eyes at m- much of life, right? Because right. they just want to go to nice hotels and and travel comfortably wherever they're going. They don't want any discomfort or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and then there are just some people who roll their eyes because they think it's some. Um, you know, pagan orgy, mm-hmm. right? That you know, who you know, they don't know that they've heard. They, they, you know, who knows? And they just have these crazy ideas about what it is. And maybe some sure. of them are true. Maybe some of them aren't. I don't know. But you know, that's what they think. And then there are people that that get super excited about. You know, it's like, oh, Burning Man. Oh my God. I, you know, we've always wanted to go. And I, well, I've been. Oh yeah, you're gonna love it. You know. Yeah. So it's just interesting, you know, the perception that I've witnessed among my white friends about Burning Man. Yeah. And then among my friends of color, Mm -hmm. I get an eye roll, right? Because (laughs) they don't get it, see it, like it, want it, or what, you know, I don't, you know. Yeah. And quite frankly, one of the things that I, for the record, one of the things that I'm actually not looking forward to is realizing my worst fear. Which is my worst fear is that it is primarily a white experience. Yeah. Because when I look at the photos of the people that go there, yeah. nine out of 10 of them are white. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, it, that's fascinating to me. I don't know any Mexicans who have gone. Right. I'm not saying they don't go. I just don't know any. But I mean, so what is that a function of, right? Is that a function of socioeconomics? Is that a function of white privilege? Pr- white privilege? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I. Well, first of all, these tickets to go there. Yeah. They're fucking, if you get them at face value, day one, they're 500 bucks. Okay. So for me to pay 500 bucks
1: to right. go somewhere. Right. Just as a ticket entrance right. to somewhere. Right. Okay. I'm not going to go to a fucking
0: dope ass concert <laughs> for 500 bucks. Right,
1: right, right, right. I'm just not. Yeah. And now you're telling me, wait, I'm going to pay 500 bucks to go be uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> Fuck you.
1: <laughs> you know, hey, in the
0: desert. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's totally illogical. Now, would you spend $500 to go to my cabin in northern Canada near the Arctic Circle where there are bugs and bears? No, no, no. no. You said there's an entry fee. There's a ticket. Yes. Yeah. If there was an entry fee for that, no. Because
1: it's nature. You're supposed to be free. It's supposed to be inexpensive to do that
0: okay, okay. like I,
1: I love camping right. i love yes. going yes. camping yes, outdoors
0: yeah so you do like being uncomfortable. like you don't as a human being mm-hmm. you don't mind being uncomfortable you like camping a lot of people don't like camping don't like being uncomfortable camping can be very uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. so your issue the 500 hundred dollar fee is you don't want to you don't want to pay if you're going to pay to be uncomfortable god damn it you want to pay to do something you enjoy i mean if you're going to be outdoors being uncomfortable it should be like 30
1: bucks a night <laughs> Okay, it should not be $500. I love it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's the other part is that going going to a cabin, going out there in the middle of nowhere on your own, I love that. Right. But that's not what's happening here.
0: No, okay. That's not what's happening. Right.
1: You're paying 500 bucks and the reason it's 500 bucks. And that's just the entry fee. That's the entry fee. Right. That's how they weed out all the other people. Sure, sure. Right. That's the first level is just the entry fee. That now what you're saying, you got you're gonna go with all these people who are going down. They're not gonna be uncomfortable. It's the opposite. Like you think they're uncomfortable because they're in the middle of the desert, but they're spending what fifty thousand dollars on a fucking camp? That's not uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Definitely not. Yeah. They're coming up with all kinds of shit so that to make their life there this week as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Under the guise that they're in the middle of nowhere being uncomfortable, you know? It's white privilege. <laughs> <laughs>
0: white privilege
1: it's like that thing you know when when people say like you know you know i was watching some videos you know you're watching videos and stuff and you're like you know this fucking shark attacks this person or this uh antelope or lion attacks this guy or whatever it's always a white guy (laughs) yeah you know you don't see even the black people that live there are like nope i'm not gonna go out there you know it's always this white guy this, because they want adventure in your life you know <laughs> they want adventure in their life right. because they don't get it right, every day right. or they don't you know and like i, I think it was d.l Hughley said i think it was him said you know just if you want adventure as a black guy just walk down the street <laughs>
0: you know? right
1: right right That so that's the thing it's like i don't need this adventure to go prove that i'm alive or whatever yeah. it's like yeah. i deal with it every
0: day well you know it you raise an interesting point uh, a lot of good points there one of the things that has always troubled me about the notion of burning man Mm -hmm. is that you know it's this idea that and and by the way Las Vegas has a similar thing it's like that you know that campaign you know about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas it's like oh you can go to Vegas or you can go somewhere and and be who you really are or to be crazy or whatever you know and the reality is like no motherfucker be who you are here all the time all the time yeah why do I have to go somewhere to be someone else? I'm having a hard enough time just being who I am here right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like like being your true authentic self yeah. with integrity and character is challenging enough sure. not to have to then suddenly go and act a fool because it's somehow someone's giving me permission to. Yeah. Like, no, I give myself permission to act a fool every day here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to wait for some yeah. annual pilgrimage to some place to scratch that itch. No, I'm gonna scratch that itch when I have it. Right. You know? And so a big part of my I'm 48, I mean a big part of my mid midlife, mm-hmm. becoming married, becoming a father, become you know, like my whole thing has been trying to understand what it really means to be human and and the human experience and find the integrity in my life finding having integrity in my life being who I am you know or right. you know in discovering that and growing and and so I guess this gets to also why I just never had a burning desire to go to Burning Man because mm-hmm. I'm working on myself here Yeah, I don't need to work on myself there because I'm just gonna I'm gonna go there I'm just gonna be me like yeah. I'm not gonna be someone else hell it's well, we'll, hard we'll enough being out. me
1: we'll find out when you get well, back we'll find out won't we yeah <laughs> yeah well I, I heard that i don't know if it was last year or a few years ago or something but i heard that like someone burned the burning man down
0: like or like a. Like oh a my whole, god i love like this a, story yeah like no but see, no no but see this gets back to this gets back to a bigger point right yeah. because when i first heard about burning man yeah i re- did respect it because it was really an, an independent not corporate kind of disconnected because if you're in the middle of nowhere like Part of it is about being off the grid and yes, you want to be self-sufficient. And yeah, you want to have some modern conveniences or some comforts or what have you. But but there was this sort of, as I understand it, this real embrace of, what's the word I want? I mean, it, you know, it was uh, truly, I'm not finding the word I want, but it was. it was just free of commerciality or connectivity sure. or, you know, it wasn't. It was a almost like a subculture you know it mm-hmm. was and it was as- you know it was a very kind of rare special thing, right you know people that kind of knew about it knew about it, but it wasn't, and it has come in it has grown into and it's a non profit organization that puts it on okay, but it has grown into this massive thing that some would argue has lost its soul, right because when you have billionaires who are setting up their billionaire camps and flying in on their helicopters and you have people. Yeah posting to Instagram from the playa on their iPhones yeah. like that's kind of lost the point. Part of the point yeah. was to go to the middle of nowhere and be disconnected and be together and have that authenticity and that integrity uh you know. But the but so some have argued that it's lost its, you know, integrity, it's lost its soul. Sure. And I personally felt that way when i first started seeing a couple years ago people posting. i'm like well fuck wow. what's the point i barely wanted to go before now yeah. i really don't want to go because right. what's the point if it's just you know but what was the thing with the with the the burning man getting burnt oh, down right i'm sorry so <laughs> so the reason i love that story is because that to me harkens back to the original's Spirit of the event, right? Yeah, right? Because it was supposed to be some kind of you know anti-establishment uh, subculture kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so this dude decided to just fucking throw a match on the Burning Man like a couple days early. I think it was like the first day or something. It was it was like early on. Yeah, it was like early on. So he just fucking lit a match, and fucking like set that thing on fire, right? <laughs> Now I love this story for two reasons. One is because, like, how awesome is that to be like He's he's a legend. He's a He's like, fuck this shit, I'm fucking like, you know, and like how talk about art. Like, I mean, like yeah. that's just fucking that's punk rock right there, whatever. You know, right. I love that. But I love the story for two reasons. One, that that he did it, that he yeah. that he thought of it, he executed it, and he did it. So, you know, huge props. <clears throat> the second reason I love that story is because and this gets back to kind of my respect for the logistics of Mm -hmm. what, you know, the planning that goes into this is that they had another man built within a day (laughs) or two, like, like they had a backup man. Yeah. Like they kind of anticipated that it happened. Yeah. It might happen. Yeah. So like, how cool is that? It's like, uh, how cool is that? That they were like ready for this, you know, ready for it. Now the bullshit part of the story is that they apparently i heard did find the guy and press charges oh they did uh which i'm like yeah. okay that's defeats the whole purpose uh, yeah. you got it by the way that guy should have been like yeah. celebrated as a fucking hero you know right anyway
1: when i think of yeah. burning man yeah the image in my head sure is mad max
0: yeah no that's, that's exactly right. what that's i right. think of mad that's max right. yeah and it's it like, has a very mad max uh road warrior yeah kind of yeah vibe it's a about mad it. max road warrior and that's steampunk. The, there's like a very steampunk vibe right, about it. Right. And you know what? There's no
1: Mexicans in in Mad Max. <laughs> right. Let's right. Look at it again. Was no, right. right.
0: You know? So I don't know. It's just a, it, have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I told my wife? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. You know, because my wife is one of those people that rolls her eyes, by yeah. the way. Yeah. My wife is not white, by the way, but she rolls her eyes. That's and, right. you know, yeah. As we've discussed. So she agrees with me. What she, yeah. And, but I've told her, I mean, the only reason I'm going is for the orgies and free sex. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm going. She's cool with that. Yeah, you know why she just rolls her eyes. White people. It's white people. White people shit. So so yeah, I'm looking forward to the to the pagan uh, orgies, uh, <laughs> the free sex, and um, you know because I hear it's amazing. Well, you know the one thing that that this brings up,
1: in um, is a parallel to I think the art world mm-hmm. in another way. Is that you know? I've heard from other artists and stuff like that who have said that they've they've been behind behind the curtain, so to speak. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about artists who you know get invited to those parties and sure. and uh, get to do art at that level. You know, what I've heard is just like you know those big big billionaire collectors mm. and whatever they're fucking freaks. Mm, oh yeah, you know, and there's some like crazy shit that they do. And I've heard some of the stories, and I've heard some of the things, and some of these artists that are getting paid millions of dollars to put on these events for you know for these like three collectors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's some fucking freaky ass shit, yeah, you know, yeah, and sick and twisted, mm-hmm. you know yeah. but but they have money, right, that's how they get away with it, and that's how they get their kicks yeah. and um this to me this is parallel to that, sure to me, it's like this is what people do um who have you know, more money than they can spend, how do you get your kicks at that point, you know? Well, so. but see,
0: this also gets to the other point, which is like, this was started by people with no money. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, a, what's the word, uh, hijacked, yeah, uh, totally appropriate, whatever. Yeah. Some would say mm-hmm. that, well, we can't know cause we've never been, you know, like you don't know. Yeah, sure. You know, you're wrong. You got to go. You can only know by going, you right. know? Okay, fine. That's fair. You know, fair. Fine. I haven't been, you know, I'm about to go. I'll find out, you know, what it is. Yeah. But look, I do take issue I mm-hmm. sourdough yeah. take issue with anything losing its soul. Right. To moneyed interests. Right. I don't know. I mean, I you know, like But that's the problem we have that, in this country and and But that's what's happening on so many levels, isn't it? I mean,
1: uh hip hop. Yeah. Think about hip hop. Right. Why did it start? Because there was poor kids in the block who uh, weren't having their needs, their their needs met, who were trying to fight, you know, gangs and shootings and violence and drug dealers. And they started hip hop. And then you look at hip hop now and it's all about the fucking guns and the, and the bling and the, all that bullshit, you know? And so totally lost its soul. And everything that happens in this country, that's, that's, where it goes unfortunately because of capitalism unfortunately because of society we live in it's like we appropriate everything to the point where we fucking kill it and so so i you know every movement has had that that same issue
0: yeah every movement has has had that issue we see you know i don't know call it the gentrification of burning man i mean the gentrification of like so many communities cities that are pushing The average Joe or Jane out for any number of reasons, it seems to be happening on so many levels. And, you know, obviously this is a sort of a segue into a much bigger, richer, excuse the pun, uh, conversation about the affects uh, and the effects of money. Yeah. On not just a culture, but on a psyche, on a, you know, like I'm not a religious guy by by a long shot, but I always was intrigued by in the New Testament. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, I really said that weirdly, didn't I? I said, Jesus. 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 That's your evangelical. <laughs> I guess. Coming through. Jesus. 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 And I say, Jesus. Jesus, he threw the merchants out of the synagogue. The temple. Yeah. The temple. Right. You know, this was a holy place. Why dirty it with commerce and money? Right. And then he tells that parable about easier for. A uh, that, get a, a, the eye of a needle oh, a and needle. a rich man into heaven. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, evangelicals, and I come from, you know, that yeah. kind of uh, dimension of Christianity, Protestantism, you know, they would interpret that very literally. But I think metaphorically and conceptually, it is a very interesting notion. Wait, but how do they think about it? What do they say about that? Because they're literal. Right. Well, so basically, what, for them, literally, it just means like you know, very basic that money is evil, you know, and a Christian really shouldn't want to be rich. So, you know? so, what the fuck is going on right now? That this is my point. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, like, it, it's insane because, of course, not only do you know ministers, preachers, pastors, what you know are yeah. you know driving Bentleys now, right? But now you go to most churches in there, and there is a. Hell, I've been in a church with an ATM in it. Oh, shit. There is a church Damn. in Griffith, Indiana <laughs> called Family Christian Center Yeah, that has an ATM.
1: That's next level.
0: In the fucking lobby. Go. As well as a bookstore and a Starbucks. Get out of here. I swear to God. Jesus. OK, now Jesus. But that, that's Jesus, the hypocrisy run, you know, like let's right. not even get into the hypocrisy. <laughs> but I just want to get back to what Jesus was talking about, which is right. really interesting. Yeah. Which is the affect or the effect of money on a person's spiritual life, well-being, psyche. You yeah. talk about these rich folks doing freaky shit. Yeah. yeah because when you have the money. To do what the fuck you want to do. You think you can do whatever you want to do and you can get away with it. And a lot of times you can get away with it. Oh, yeah. But to what end? Right? Yeah. Having someone killed, you know, because you, you know, want to, because you, they wronged you, because, or maybe you just want to snuff them out because you're sick and you like to fuck dead people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But, Absolutely. That's
1: happening. Yeah. I. That's happening 100%. It's a fucked up society we're living in for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> that's what's going on money in san francisco there was a there was a rooftop when you drove into san francisco from la there was this rooftop that you would see as you crossed over the bridge and there was this twist piece i always remember it Mm -hmm. this is like in the early 90s and it had like a it was like a dollar bill Mm -hmm. and had one of his characters in the middle Mm -hmm. and it said money is your god sure and it was awesome because it was you know it was like the as you drove into San Francisco, you right. you knew you were there because that you would see that rooftop right. piece by Twist. Shout out to Twist Barry McGee. Yeah, but um, that's the reality, man. That's what's going on, and it's kind of scary. And then you think about it too, because you know, being obviously Latino and and having come from from a family that has these traditional ways of thinking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You kind of either you aspire to be that, mm-hmm. like oh my god, I'm I'm gonna do whatever I can to be rich and make mm-hmm, money and mm-hmm. and be in that circle, mm-hmm. or you say you know what that's not that's not our path and that's not right. you know that's not what we believe in and that's that's there's other there's more important things to life right you know and so I think immigrants especially deal with that issue all the time sure you know because I come obviously my family comes from Mexico so most of us were raised catholic and yep. have you know that kind of idea in terms of religion but in terms of wealth it's always been passed down to me that it's you get rich or wealthy or comfortable or whatever through your hard work it's through your own hard work right it's not through deception or stealing right or doing you know selling drugs or doing whatever yeah. it's always you know there's an honor yeah in making and integrity, yeah, nobility and and, and, yeah. and becoming something yes. through your own means, you Effort, know. Yeah. And so it's funny when Americans or people who don't like immigrants say oh they're here just take my job or you know immigrants are the issue and immigrants are the problem when most immigrants come to this country with this incredible work ethic. Yes. You know that they're going to yep. bust their ass. Yep. Like they don't want shit for free. Yep. They, they don't. Yeah, no. And, um, it's, it's, just always really funny how people spin it the other way around just for their political, you know, gain or whatever, you know, but that's why they say
0: money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, the love of money. The love of money. Ah, see, See, that's the, that's the nuance. Yeah. And that's the difference because money is just money.
1: That's true. I agree with that. Right. And it's
0: just, you know, money can be used for great things, good things. You know, right. it's not, it shouldn't necessarily be, it somehow has become about narcissistic pursuits of whatever. Right. But like money can do great good in this world if it's applied that way. So it is, you know, it is about the love of money that can be the, that drives the root of all evil. I think that's part of the nuance that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, evangelicals have, have missed and that leads to the hypocrisy because- right. They, they think it's the money. No, it's their love of money that causes them to make bad decisions or whatever. Right. And I love what you're saying about the sense of wealth um, and value mm-hmm. that is created when, you know, you are, when you use your hands and you use your brain to do an honest, good work, whatever it is, you know, there is, you know, there is great gratification you right. know, and that's the thing too. It's like I think education, wisdom, knowledge, these things allows some very rich people to not act rich. You look at Jimmy Carter. Yeah. For example, how right. many presidents have gone on to make ton of money or to to, to yeah. celebr you know to leverage their celebrity or whatever the case might be? Right. And Jimmy Carter is an interesting example of a guy who's a humble guy who's yep. just trying to, you know, help and, you know, and I think sometimes when you're educated or when you have wisdom or when you have knowledge, like you understand that that money can't buy happiness. It yep. can't, you know, like it is, it is just a... It's not the end all. Yeah. You know, money is energy to me and it's about like, okay, do I want to apply this energy to, to good ends, to, to selfish ends, to, you know, to what end do I want to apply this energy? I've said this for a long time. It's like, you know, yes, I want to make millions of dollars, of course, yeah. but I want to make the millions of dollars actually to help others and, and give back to my family and friends that have helped me along the way and to help others less fortunate. And if I make that those millions of dollars, I'm probably going to spend it. Uh, well, now that I have kids, I would, you know, use it to set them up for the future, you yeah. know, just so that they're safe. But really, I would use the money to not buy things because I don't give a shit about material things, really. I love – unless it's art. I will, <laughs> we'll, right. we'll collect art. But I love travel. I love experiences. I want to go do shit. It's a big, crazy world. I sure. want to see it as much of it as I can. So, I would use that energy, that money to go see the world. But Or to go to Burning Man. Uh, <laughs> dude, I don't even <laughs> – I don't even want to talk about what this fucking thing is costing me. Jesus Christ! It's so (laughs) stupid. It's like stupid. It's just stupid. Um, how much fucking? If I'm spending this much time, energy, and money to go to the middle of nowhere, I can't believe I'm doing it with fifty thousand other people. I really prefer to be alone if I'm going. You know, spending that kind of money and whatever. Don't even get me started. But I am going. (laughs) It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an interesting, you know, trip. And you know, like I said, I mean, I, I do want to go into it. With an open mind, I, I am interested to see the, the art there, you know, the logistics of building this stuff. You know, it, it, you said it. I mean, a lot of the stuff, you know, who are these artists that get funded to build these things? F- because they, they it's like they're to, some of the stuff, it takes them all year to build. Oh, yeah. That's all they do. That's all they do. You know? And so how are they? Are they wealthy to begin with? Right. Are they getting grants? I know I know BlackRock, the organization that produces Burning Man, they have grants and stuff that artists get, you know, to, to help fund their project. Okay. But I think, you know, not you know, being the not real art podcast, yeah. I think the, the conversation vis-a-vis art at Burning Man is an interesting one to think about it within the context of being an artist in the art world, because who are these artists? What is this art about? How are they funding it? what is that whole culture, that whole life cycle? Because, you know, I don't believe these artworks have a, have an afterlife. I think a lot of them, you know, get destroyed right there or what have you. I don't know. So yeah, I'm just fascinated because it's an industry, right? Right. The Burning Man. uh,
1: Well, I've, I've seen some of these artists and they're, they're back here in LA. And then afterwards they're like, yeah, I'm not going to Burning Man this year. So, I have this fucking thing that I created for Burning Man. It's for sale. Yeah. And no one buys it. Right. 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 <laughs> because it's so specific yeah. to
0: Burning Man. Right. Right. That unless you're going to go right. and take that art with you, it
1: right. doesn't make sense.
0: Well, because, I mean, burn it, the the playa, right, Is the environment is the frame, right? And what, what you have is you have this ancient lake bed that is now a desert. And you've got the mountains in the back. And so it's in this huge open expanse of the sky. Mm-hmm. So the so the scale, the the frame exactly. of that, you know, it's yeah. very to your point. It's very site specific. It's very interesting to think about building something that is so big and sort of, I don't know, is it big? Is it small? In that context, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but then the 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 dust and the environment and the patina that kind of builds sure. on, the, you know, I mean, there's just lots, lots of different aspects to it. You wouldn't fit in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. like I'm not gonna buy it for my backyard, right? Yeah. Well, you're gonna be a burner pretty soon. Well, like I said, let me be to say this one last time, so that our listeners understand why I'm going. <laughs> Pagan orgies and free sex. This is exactly what you know. This is all I'm interested in. Well, we'll find out if that's exactly what, what goes on. <laughs> I'll have to come back, and I'll just call it performance art. Yeah, no, I, it was interactive, immersive art, man. One. <laughs> well, the, the the true test is when when you whip out the credit card for next year. <laughs> then that will prove everything. Well, well, that's right. I mean, will I want to go back or not? You know. Now to that point, you know, I will say now, and I've said it before. What's fascinating to me is that why these people want to go back again and again and again. Because to me, the world's a big place, and I, there are lots of places that I want to go to. Right. And I got limited time to get there. Yeah. So why would I go back to the same place again and again and again? So it'll be interesting to me if I feel like. Okay. One and done. Yeah. Check it out. Check it off the list. Don't need to go back. You know, will I Well, or will I feel like, oh yeah, no, I would would go back. That's the difference between a burner and not a burner. Hmm. Oh. Right? right. Do you go back a second time? Yeah. If right. you go
1: back, then you're a burner. Oh, that's so maybe, a fair maybe, point. So maybe you're not a burner yet. No, I'm you're, not a burner you're, yet. You're what's before a burner.
0: Yeah. You're <laughs> just, yeah, I'm a pre burner. I'm a match. I'm just a match. So yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see how it plays out. You know, the fact of the matter is, my daughter's yeah. birthday is August thirtieth. Yeah. So Burning Man is always going to conflict with my yeah. daughter's birthday, and there's right. nothing that is more important than my daughter. So that's um, true. So no. well, I'll just take my daughter to Burning Man yeah. for her birthday <laughs> <laughs> when she's of age. Yeah. That's right. Well, get this though, dude. Oh no. <laughs> Th- there is this whole like, and this is this is part of the perception of Burning Man that people don't get. Yeah, there is a whole family element here. Oh, Like, yeah. there's a whole section for kids, yeah. families, parents bring their kids there. Yeah. My old neighbor, Jack, and uh, who worked in production here in in, the, in Hollywood. Yeah. Every year, he took his son, Jack Jr., who was like eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah. They would they pack up their RV and it was a father son trip. Right. And because for them, it was all about the art and all about this, the, just being out there, father, son, camping in this desert thing, yeah. you know, he wasn't taking his kid to the pagan orgies and, and, and drug fueled parties, you know, but he would, <laughs> they, they did it every year. They, they like when he was telling me about this pain, they'd done it like four or five years, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. And so anyway, so yeah. So there, you know, I think to paint with a broad brush as to what it is or what it isn't probably isn't fair to what it really is, but we'll see. There was kids in Mad Max, I remember. <laughs> white kids. Yeah, white kids. No, no Mexican kids. No Mexican kids. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, my friend. We, uh, yet again, exceeded the uh, <laughs> legal limit of our broadcasting license. Yeah. You know? We got to wrap this up for the feds. Come uh, revoke our privileges so but before we do we got to uh shout out to our listeners and um i don't know just uh ask for your social media love yeah we gotta let them know how to find us yeah man please uh subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast we're on uh, itunes we're on stitcher we're on soundcloud you can find us uh, from com, but uh, share, of course, with your friends, all that good stuff. Comment, like, uh, all that good stuff. Of course, we've got our twenty-four hour hotline. That's right. If you want to call and uh, tell us what's on your mind, even though people don't use their phones anymore. Yeah, right. To call. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can they text us now or no? They have to. call? No, they can only call to this line right, well, for this it. voice. It it yeah. Because so, it's a voicemail box. By the way, it's a special call. You, you, everyone, needs to call and hear this. Yeah, the special. message is fun. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, special. It's fun. And uh, it's a twenty-four hour hotline, toll free. Yeah, eight three three. Not real. 833, not real. Yeah. Those numbers are 833-668-7325. So, uh, listeners, our dear, dear listeners, please call us and tell us what's on your mind. And I guess all that said, we're out, man. All right. Have a beautiful day. You too, Burner. (laughs) Peace. Late.